Welcome to Trek Talk Podcast. I am your co-host, John Alley. And I am your other co-host, Garen Gillum. I'm your other co-host, Ashley Hughes. And uh, we have a special guest today. We're really happy to uh, have Megan Levins joining us on the podcast. Uh, Megan is a comic book illustrator. Um, in fact, uh, she has... Uh, a latest release. Uh, she illustrated um, Star Trek Boldly Go number seven, which uh, came out last Wednesday. It's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Just finished it before the podcast. Loved it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and of course, um, you uh, you have other uh, uh, books that you work on, Megan. Yes. Uh, Actually, yep. originally found you uh, via Angel City. Um, you want to maybe take us through some of your your other uh, things that you worked on? Uh, sure. I debuted with Madame Frankenstein from Image Comics with writer Jamie S. Rich, who I also then collaborated on Aries and Aphrodite for Oni Press, and then moved on to do uh, some fill-in work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Dark Horse, and just wrapped up a couple of creator-owned series, um, Spell on Wheels for Dark Horse as well, and, as you said, Angel City for Oni, and my, yeah, my latest gig has been working on Star Trek, and I'm returning to the Buffyverse very soon as well. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Ashley, you, you, you were going through your stuff, and you actually realized that you had, um, some of the uh, Buffy issues. Yeah, I did. It was it was funny because you had mentioned the other night that she did work on uh, on Buffy. So I dug through my pile of of comics and I found um, one of the ones. I think that's on your website, Megan. It's the the Love Dares You season ten volume three of Buffy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. I love the way you do Buffy. It's Thank you. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. So I'm kind of now that I've done so many issues of Buffy, I'm kind of embarrassed to go back and look at my first few issues. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that artist self criticism thing. But it was it was really a fun job, and I'm glad people reacted so well to me being the one to get Spike and Buffy back together. I think they they didn't want there to be a backlash against Rebecca, the regular artist. So they're like, let's give it to Megan. And if this goes badly, we'll blame it on her. <laughs> I loved it. Cause that's all I wanted. I just wanted yeah. Buffy and Spike to get together. <laughs> <laughs> and you got it. <laughs> yeah. I got to draw it. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Was there gorgeous. any backlash? Yeah, a little bit, but it was nothing too horrible. And, and as far as I'm drawing now, they're still they're still together so oh, nice. <laughs> i guess it worked out all right <laughs> are you a buffy fan oh yeah yeah are you Star I, got Trek? Into, <laughs> I got into it i got into buffy late it was in college for me which i think the series was already wrapped up by the time i got into it so i could just binge through the whole thing <laughs> um, yeah. yeah yeah when when did it go off the air it was it's the 90s uh early 2000s i think okay yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. At Angel. Yeah. Those are other series I I need to watch sometime. Oh, 
<laughs> and the list keeps growing. It, it, grow, it grows every day, especially talking to you two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were looking at, uh, well, I was pulling up looking at, uh, Madam Frankenstein, um, or a review of that. that. That looks really cool. I'm, I'm interested. I need to pick that up. I think it's, uh, you can get it in a collected, uh, yeah. novel format. Yeah. Yeah. The trade looks really nice. Our letterer crank put that together and it's, it's a pretty exceptionally gorgeous trade. <laughs> Awesome. Now, actually, that I had a question for you regarding uh, regarding that. So, is it crank? That's a person, crank. Yes. Yes. Okay. I always wondered because it says letters by like crank, and I think explanation. Yeah, he's he's a person. He's a pretty <laughs> awesome. <human. laughs> is that his real name or is it a nickname? I, I think it's a nickname. Okay. <laughs> I've never asked. You know, he just kind of does his magic, and I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not really focused on what your name is so much as how you make my books look like real comics. <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, should we go ahead and run through the news items, John? Sure. Let's uh, start. I'm, I, I'll do all the uh, putting in the little sounds and stuff post-production. So. Okay. It's, you make it sound so official. It, well, it is. It's it, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a headache to do it that way, but I think it sounds better. It's a big deal. <laughs> Fix All it right. in post. Um, yeah, yes. and, and so yeah, make it feel free to chime in on any of these news items. Of course, most of them will be Star Trek related. Cool. Um, well, before before we start, uh, which we take it that you're a Star Trek fan, correct, Megan? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I got into this uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine when I was in junior high school and kind of fell out of it for a while. But then when I uh, got the job working for IDW, I went back, revisited, and just sort of fell back into my fandom. So <laughs> it's like right. I never left. Yeah. <laughs> happens to a lot of us that way. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> so which, which is your favorite series? I think... I think Next Generation is probably still my favorite, uh, just because it's, you know, that was the one that introduced me to the world of Star Trek. Uh, Deep Space Nine I might have the most nostalgia for, and I have a, a new appreciation for Voyager after a recent rewatch. <laughs> see, John, see? I, I know, I, I'll get to Voyager's it. So, Voyager's so much better than I remembered. <laughs> That's Ashley's favorite, Voyager. Oh, I yeah, loved, loved your loved your uh, waypoint story, Mother's Walk. Thank you, thank that you. Was, that was great. yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, I think you you I I think I remember a tweet from you about Star Trek Enterprise. You recently watched that, right? Yeah, I was basically going through and rewatching all the series, and I'd never seen anything of Enterprise, so I I watched the whole series and wound up liking it more than I thought I would. Uh, I, I, that was the, that, you know, it's science fiction because that is the calmest beagle ever. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Porthos just kind of sits around. I'm like, that's no beagle ever. No, in no, the history. no. I, I have, I have a beagle named Porthos and that's what he does. <laughs> really? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. Because... <laughs> 
my experience has been very different. <laughs> he, he, he's afraid of his own shadow, but he is pretty chill. Aww, awesome. <laughs> he's getting he's getting up there in the years. He's a he's a mature gentleman now. Yes, yes, yes. It's like my two Boston's. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I we I I remember you not liking the ending of Enterprise. Not not that that's a would be a dissenting opinion. I think. I I think I was just sort of. Uh, it took me a long time to get on the the trip to Paul train, and once I was on board with them and like really wanted that to work out, the ending just sort of broke my heart. Right? <laughs> I was you. like, "How could you? Oh, you you killed him! Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's it. That's how that is. Come on. This is like Joss Whedon level of cruel." <laughs> that was just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That was bad. It's a shame that 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 show should have had a couple more years. I think if they if they'd given it a little more time, it could have you know it, it could have had a more satisfying ending. But yeah. definitely, other other than it being on the hollow deck, that 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 was my main gripe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They looked like they were in a Civil War museum or something. I'm like, ooh, look at this. Yeah. Oh, and they all died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was rough. <laughs> uh, are you keeping up with uh, Star Trek Discovery news? A little bit, mostly casting, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, especially coming from Walking Dead, uh, and I really like Sonequa Martin Green, so I'm excited that she's our lead. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to the girls at work today, and they were talking about how the girl from Walking Dead is going to be the lead in Star Trek, and they were all excited. And they don't even yeah. watch Star Trek. Yeah, watch like, Star oh my Trek. god! Yeah. Well, they made they they made a good choice by a good casting choice, I think. Yeah, uh, man, definitely. That's actually our first news item because you know, there's several Discovery announcements since our last podcast recording. So she had been, of course, I mean, it wasn't official, but it was pretty much out there that she was going to be the lead. Yeah. Um, but it was made official, um, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I believe. After the uh, season finale of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I stopped watching this season, so I don't even know, but I'm assuming, yeah, like, <laughs> she didn't make it. <laughs> Well, they, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to know that I won't give you any spoilers. I mean, you can add it this, up, but yeah, I, 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 I won't give, yeah. I won't give any. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was, it was well done. Yeah. So, and we found out her uh, character's uh, name, which is Michael Burnham. It had been, I guess they, they were using a code word. Um, it was called she was called Lieutenant Commander Rainsford for a while, but if uh, her official character's name is Michael Burnham. But there, there's no word whether it's the because they also just referred to her as number one because everybody is assuming that it's going to be the Major Barrett character from the Cage. I think you were assuming that, man. No, no. <laughs> Dude, I read articles on the internet. It it was real. <laughs> How much more accurate could it get? <laughs> Legit. Uh, of course, Star Trek fans being Star Trek fans, there are some that uh, had to complain about the name. 
Of course, right? <laughs> of course. What's the deal, folks? Come on. Everybody just relax, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be good. <laughs> So that okay. is official. Actually, um, actually, didn't you get, Garen? You got in a, like a heated uh, internet Facebook discussion over the name, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was something. It wasn't over the name. Oh. It was it was over something else. It, it, it's oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was the name. okay. No. It was it was well. It was well. It was regarding her casting. So. It was, one of the sites had, you know, posted the announcement and made the statement that, you know, she would be the first lead actress in a Star Trek series, um, or lead, um, you know, female African American act actress in a Star Trek series, right? Um, and some people posted that no, that's not true. Nichelle Nichols was, you know, was the first. Like, well, she she was she was there, but she wasn't she wasn't a lead. She wasn't a lead um, in a lead role on the series. So, yeah, this one's coming up is going to be a a big lead. I mean, she's like going to be pretty much the main character, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, be the yeah. the star of the show. Uh -huh. yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be weird. I mean, every every iteration of Star Trek, the captain has been the main focus with, like, you know, little subplots for the other characters. But it's going to be weird not having the captain as the main character. I mean, I, I think it'll be – I think it'll be great. I mean, I'm not saying – Bad mouth in it because Garen will shoot me down <laughs> anything, but uh, no, 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 no. And I, yeah, I, I loved uh, Shaniqua Martin Green in The Walking Dead. I think she's a great actress, and I think I think it's going to be awesome when they ever re really <laughs> premiere it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I think it'll give a different perspective, but I'm I'm. Hoping maybe what you'll see over the course of the series, you know, that you'll see her advance in rank to captain. True. Which you that's, know, she's, you haven't that seen be, that. Yeah, yeah, that that may be kind of what they're suggesting by having her be the lead, but not have that rank from the get go. Yeah, and just kind maybe of it's a, she develops. Yeah, like maybe they're gonna uh, do what what they were planning to do on Lost with Jack, where they introduce him as the lead and then kill him off. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch Lost. I didn't know that. Oh, well, spoilers. <laughs> but they, they didn't do it because they wound up liking him so much, they kept him. But okay. That was the original plan. He was going to get killed off, and then uh, Kate was going to take over the role of the lead. So. so they had that planned out. They wanted to actually do that. Yeah. Wow. And then they're like, no, nope, he's too likable. We'll keep him. <laughs> That would have been a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> like, you like this doctor? Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually the other piece of news around Discovery, there was another uh, casting announcement. And this is um, 
the announcement that uh, Wendy Crewson is joining Star Trek Discovery to play a Starfleet Admiral. What has she been in, Garen? Do you have that available? Uh, uh, so so Crewson is a Canadian actor with extensive list of credits to her name. Some sci-fi fans may have seen her in the hit series Ascension. I have not seen that. Um, she's won awards, including Canadian Screen Award for Best Performance and multiple Gemini Awards for Best Performance. Very good. So we've got... Uh, I think they've actually announced a couple Starfleet Admiral characters so far so yeah that's that that's long. kind of interesting <laughs> yeah well, so we get the brass involved that that <laughs> makes me that makes me think that i mean if they, there's a lot of admirals involved something major is going on within the federation could be yeah war <laughs> <laughs> or not <laughs> well and they've said they're gonna uh they're going to be introducing klingons a little bit more too so could yeah. be the Klingon War, the yeah. Kelvin verse version of the Klingon War. Yes, they're going to be heavily involved for sure. Um, isn't one of was... the, isn't one of the characters actually like a Klingon king? Is, or oh, I don't know. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I hopefully they expand more on the Klingon culture. Well, they had those fancy suits made up for the sneak peek video. If, those, that video? if those were cling, if those were cling on, we we don't know. Oh, that's true. I guess <laughs> I'm gonna bet they are. They could have just. Know. They could be a new race that just heavily resembles Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess so. All right, let's see what else do we have uh, for news. Yeah, all the news is on you because I can't open anything right now. All right, I know. You're, you're our audio engineer, John. That's right. And all my resources is going to keep from clicking and other noises from being on the podcast. Uh, the, the, the other uh, article was around... I guess so. C CBS seems to they're they're not they're not tying themselves to any particular release date. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so the last thing we heard from Les Moonves was that the show was to debut in late summer, early fall. That's correct. Um, and it sounds as if they're. Even with that, they're kind of saying, "Hey, if you know, we're we're gonna go what what works, um, and when it's ready, it's ready," kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And furthermore, we're not telling you <laughs> anything. <laughs> um, there was uh, a short interview uh, done with a CBS Interactive, um, or a representative representative from CBS Interactive Interactive. Uh, his name is Mark. Uh, you, I, I can't even pronounce his name. To be honest with you, um, it's how's it spelled? 
D E B E V O I S E. Wow. Good luck with that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try it. We'll just call him Mark. Um, so he was asked how Star Trek Discovery was going. Um, and he says it's going great. I've actually been up there to the set. It's phenomenal. It's huge. We're excited about the content, the creators, the actors all coming together. As you said, we're not tied to any specific release date. It'll be there when we're ready to do it. And when we feel it's in a great place. Uh, we're not worried about anything. We're excited. And we'll have more specifics as we get closer to what will be the likely release dates. Is that likely going to be the fall? We're not saying. <laughs> See that just uh, that concerns me. I I just think they can they can work on something so much where you know trying to get it absolutely perfect, which nothing's going to be perfect to every fan. So it's like I don't know. But everything I've heard about the, the way the production's going, it it's on track. Everything looks amazing. Uh, oh, and he did say that, so their strategy of, of releasing episodes will be weekly episodes, so they're not going to release the whole series at one time like the Netflix model. Um, so even on CBS All Access, you'll, you know, we'll get an episode once per week, um, and they're set to have 13 episodes. Ooh, 13 episodes per season total? It, well, at least for for the for first the, season, they're saying the 13 first. episodes. Okay. Yep. Uh, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Well, they're yeah going off like the Walking Dead model, I guess. Yeah. Could have a higher production value, I, I suppose, for, uh, for shorter seasons, but then you're done in a few months and <laughs> yeah exactly and then you're waiting months and months and months for it to come back yeah and then they tell you it's it's not it's not it's not until and... <laughs> oh that's right oh. <laughs> like, oh, no. I know. game of thrones has been april all these years i believe yeah <laughs> i know um that's it for the news uh, oh actually we got to talk about this. It's not Star Trek, but who cares? Um, did you all see it's our the... show? <laughs> We're Star Wars fans too. Did you all see the uh, the teaser trailer for the Last Jedi? Yes. I, I, I'm sure the my initial reaction would be a pitch that your microphones wouldn't pick up. <laughs> the delighted squeal that scared my pets. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be good that is good that's right. a good squeal <laughs> there's a lot of like clapping and you know general childlike delight <laughs> awesome um it, it looks yes. amazing the 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 ending with loop kind of <laughs> it freaks me out. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, th I think they want us to freak out a little more than we probably should. But 
The Jedi must end. Right? Isn't that, that what he said? Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, uh, so they're obviously not going with the expanded universe with the no. creation of the Jedi Academy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... I don't know. They didn't. They didn't reveal much at all, which is fine. Yeah, but, but really, uh, just needed to get you excited to see the characters back and. Ray and training you... was amazing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very excited to see a, a female character with a lightsaber on screen. <laughs> da- Daisy Ridley rocks. She was the center of the force awakens i mean she was good they got so lucky finding her um yeah it uh you know what i i i told myself that this time i was not going to watch any trailers (laughs) (laughs) you're right How, how can you not (laughs) <laughs> I, apparently i i i can't not um uh, i'm not watching trailers oh a trailer let me watch <laughs> like i'm not watching trailers welp i'm off facebook until the movie comes out because it's gonna pop up in my feed <laughs> and just start playing on minutes. its own <laughs> yep i was just you know, i just thought would it be nice to just go in and watch that without knowing anything at all but i just i can't do it I just can't Star Wars. What am I going to do? <laughs> this is not the 1980s, and you, all you have is Star Log. <laughs> <laughs> or even the late 90s, which I know no, you know, no one wants to be nostalgic for the prequels, but I was in high school when those were coming out, and you had to buy like the Star Wars universe, whatever it was, magazine, and then I taped the trailer for the phantom menace off tv because they showed it on the news oh, <laughs> because, wow. because no one put it, up, it wasn't up on the internet like it is now <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> so did you get started on the prequels or so how did you get into star wars oh uh, almost from from like very young childhood it was it was pre-star trek for sure my my parents bought their first VCR in the first movie, uh, A New Hope, was on TV. And they're like, oh, we'll tape this for the kids. That'll keep them amused. And, like, my art education costs later, they were like, why did we ever let them watch Star Wars? (laughs) (laughs) She would have never wanted to do this for a living if it hadn't been for that stupid space movie. But... (laughs) Oh, well, let's let's talk about that. So you're... you're, So this is... So is this so does Star Wars have a, an influence on getting in you know getting into the art field? Absolutely. Uh, just initially, in terms of just wanting to tell stories like that, you know, as a kid drawing my own comics and drawing art of Star Wars, like, and then when I thought about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go to school, I thought, well, uh, I had started to discover who. Ralph McQuarrie and again the prequels were coming out so Ian McKaig and Doug Chiang and I learned who all these concept artists were for films Mm -hmm. and what their role was in bringing films to life is you know the stories of George Lucas taking his you know songbook of the wills to to film producers and they're like we don't know what to do with this and then he pulls up a Ralph McQuarrie painting and he's like and it looks like this and they kind of visualize it and say okay we could 
we can see what this is now. Like George describing it makes no sense, but this painting is gorgeous and now we get it. So the idea of like being the visual translation of the initial ideas of the story. So obviously I didn't end up in concept design when I went to school. I, I fell in love with comics as a medium and I'd always read them in high school, but never thought about doing that specifically. And it, it, drew me in the same ways that film design did, but I get to do, I get to follow the process a little further. I get to be the cinematographer. I get to be the costume designer. I get to be the, the director in a lot of ways in terms of like the acting. And so it's, it's a little bit of a low budget hands-on film. <laughs> so, so um, like what's, what's a process the, the writers submit the story and then you're basically free to do whatever you want or are there guidelines uh there's usually a, a panel by panel script so especially for licensed projects like for buffy they have whole writer summits where joss whedon and then the writing team for the buffy verse comics will go meet up and hammer out the plot for the, the season or for the next few issues and uh, I, I and for star trek for boldly go uh, I assume they work with the licensors and they work with, you know, the teams who are producing the, uh, the films and TV shows as well. And then they write out a, a script, which will break down each panel, the action that's going to happen. And so I, I have a lot of freedom to work within that, but I usually do get a script that says something like panel one, we have a wide shot of uh, this planet and panel two, we're on the bridge of the Enterprise. Panel three, close up on Kirk reacting and Sulu says something to him, that kind of thing. So I can kind of play with the angle and how I feel like the story would be told best. But, you know, a lot of the direction is given to me as to what the focus is for that scene and for that illustration. Cool. Yeah, I've 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 been reading comics for a long time, but I you know I, I have no insight into the process and the collaboration that goes on between um, you know the writer and the in the what what would be what's the correct term for the for the person that does the art is it a lot of people like different terms I like cartoonist. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think that sounds fun and you know I I know my style is pretty uh, pretty cartoony and some people have used that as a as a term to put my work down and other people love that aspect so I, I kind of embrace it oh, yeah, <laughs> but I love uh, it. yeah other people will go with illustrator pencil or inker you know depending on what steps you do I pencil and ink my own line work but other other books like Batman that have a tighter production schedule, they'll have someone draw it and someone else ink it. So, can can you tell us about that because I've 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 seen that right. So sometimes it's it could be one person doing everything. Oh, that's probably more rare, right? Um, I think it's more common on creator-owned books, okay. or because those tend to be mostly produced before they're they're released. Like I was almost done with Angel City by the time. Uh, the first issue hit stands. So, uh, yeah, for creator-owned books, they typically don't want to hire two artists. So they'll they'll hopefully find someone who can do both steps. And then for you know big two superhero books, they they produce so many of those that yeah. 
you know, the schedules are so tight that, yeah, they will have someone come in and help ink. Okay. Can you tell us, so how you define the, you know, the, the, the drawings from the, the inking process and then, I mean, the coloring is obvious, but I guess what that means, but, um, can you tell us, I guess, specifically what the inking? Linking sort of the finishing stage, like, uh, for me, my, my pencils are very loose. Uh, like I'm, I'm, this doesn't help cause it's a podcast, but <laughs> yeah, like I'm looking at, at pencil pages I have lying around here and you know, the, the anatomy is plotted out. Uh, the faces are drawn, but there's not a lot of heavy texture yet. Okay. Uh, not a lot of there. I don't put blacks in, in pencil because it's just a waste of time. Okay. And inking is kind of where you tighten everything up and give it a polish. So, you know, if someone were to scan, uh, Garen, I'm sure you've seen some of my pencil sketches on Twitter. Yeah. Noodling around. That's what the, the initial stage looks like. And my editors will look at that and say, oh, okay. All right. These look good. We can move on to finishing these with inks or, you know, as, as we got to be fond of, of, saying when we were working on boldly go okay you need to tone down the pine brows they're getting a little heavy <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was just looking i don't know if you, i can't see it yes, but Chris, pine <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh baby because <laughs> yes, yes. that was you know again my work is stylized so i i it's not really caricature but i find aspects of people of likenesses that i emphasize and for chris pine he has gorgeous eyebrows but that's where his expression comes in right right and of course, they're like, "Okay, you gotta tone those, you gotta tone those down, Megan." <laughs> uh, uh, Who is your favorite character to draw in the Star Trek universe? <laughs> oh, Spock, hands down. <laughs> I have a weakness for Vulcans. All Vulcans. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, he is so, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Spock. I I would love to draw Nimoy Spock, but Zachary Quinto's pretty awesome to draw too. I, I have no complaints about getting to look up pictures of him and get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's research, I swear. Exactly. <laughs> is is there is there is there um is is, is any one character particularly harder to do than another? Um and how do you go about how do you go about getting you obviously you have to look at pictures. Um, like, how do you do that? Oh, uh, for me, I always have my iPad close by. Uh, it's on its last legs, but you know, like my tablet nearby and constantly looking up photos and just having them high def to blow up and look at close and examine sort of the shapes and little landmarks on people's faces that, that sort of clue you into who they are. So even if I'm not drawing directly from a photo, you can see, again, the pine brows or the shape of his mouth or some facial mannerism. And you can be like, all right, well, that's not a perfect photo likeness, but that's definitely Chris Pine is Captain Kirk. Or, yep. you know, the shape of the, of the jawline for Spock. You know, it may not be, again, a, a perfect likeness, but you can tell who that is without it relying just on the ears and the eyebrows. <laughs> Bones was hard. Bones was tricky. <laughs> I think because he's so expressive. You know, there's a lot of expression in, in Carlo Bond's 
performance with the eyes and the eyebrows and the damn it gems and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you know, all expressions. you always want to push him a little further than and you know you really should <laughs> yeah but you got to visit a, a you know and illustrate kind of a classic setting i don't know that we've seen it before i we didn't get this i mean obviously it was mentioned in the original series journey to Babel episode yeah i feel like uh, as i understood it it was mentioned in, in journey to Babel and then also in enterprise once but they never quite made it <laughs> so yeah. it gave me free reign to kind of design the world and that was you know again that was tying back to my dream of being a concept artist so i was like yeah i get to design uh -huh. architecture and this whole world make it look kind of cohesive so when they go to a cafeteria what would it look like in that world in that style and uh. <laughs> what what was your did you what was your inspiration for the like uh, the different uh, the, I guess the towers the different levels? Uh, Mike Johnson and Ryan Parrott just cued in the script. They said it's kind of like a large bonsai tree with like branches mm -hmm. and then different platforms with different parts of the city. And and from there, I kind of just rolled with that and then. The rest of the the interiors, like the uh, architecture stuff, cued off of uh, Anthony Gaudi and Art Nouveau, definitely, because I like the idea of you know, in contrast to some of the Starfleet ship interiors, which are a little more mechanical, a little more slick and perfect. I liked the idea of doing something kind of organic that, again. They mentioned a bonsai tree, so I thought, well, what if it looks like roots and branches growing that kind of formed these buildings and these interiors rather than someone constructing it? When it, when I first when I first turned to it, like the I mean, the, each individual, I guess, platforms with the the towers, kind of reminded me of uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emerald City. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, Sarah Stern, who's a great colorist. I really loved working with her, but she she did a really cool choice making it green, yeah. and <laughs> so I definitely saw Emerald City once she had colored it. <laughs> yeah. What what uh, so what's the collaboration that happens between you and the the colorist? How does that work? Sometimes you're just handing it straight off, and you don't really have any say. But fortunately, we had a, a group email going between all stages of the production team. And early on, I would just email Sarah directly and say, I have this idea and I want to make sure that I make sure that I design the line work to help you out in getting that across. Like the force fields on Babel, I thought, well, maybe they'll look like kind of like soap bubbles instead of the lines that we're used to for Starfleet force fields. So I said, well, is it going to be a distraction for you? Or is it going to help if I have some lines to indicate that? And she's like, leave those out. That'll be a lot of work. But I totally know what you're going for. And she did. She nailed it. And I didn't have to draw anything in there. And that made her job easier and my job easier. And it looks great. So. <laughs> the, the, the gentleman that does the, the covers for Boldly Go is is awesome. I love yeah. his Yeah. Oh, I love his designs. They're so art deco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Now, you yeah, mentioned uh, where, where did you where did you go to uh, school? I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. Scared. You awesome. <laughs> That's where my sister always wanted to go. Yeah. What did she want to study? Um, I don't know if she was going to do painting or sculpture. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah. That's where she, that was her number one. She always wanted to go there. Never quite made it, but. It's a good school. Uh, when you go to comic conventions, it's it's like a big scab reunion. <laughs> uh, speaking of conventions, uh, you I think you're, are you, was there one in Kansas City or is it still upcoming? It's upcoming. It's going to be the weekend after next Planet Comic Con, and it'll be my first one here in Kansas City since I moved here. So it's like my my housewarming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, so are you, are you from, was it Los Angeles area that you came from? I just moved here from Los Angeles, but I'm originally from St. Louis. So I'm I'm coming oh. back to the Midwest after over a decade living in L.A. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so is Kansas City, do they, do they have a, um, a pretty thriving geek culture there? Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, I'm actually, I picked my apartment that I live in because it's super close to Elite Comics, which is one of the best comic stores in this region. And they're, okay. helping, they're helping to put on Planet Comic Con. Uh, they had a, a Lego building party a few weeks ago where we basically just like all went to a bar and put together Lego minifigs. <laughs> that sounds fun. It was a little painful after a while, but it was a lot of fun. Drinking and Legos. Yeah. What's so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of even. <laughs> so, are are there any other conventions you you'll be attending? So far, I'm just confirmed for Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, in June. I think that's the 16th through the 18th. Um, hoping for New York, but I haven't had, I haven't confirmed anything else later on in the year yet. So, so no Las Vegas. When is Las Vegas? Uh, August, big... August 2nd through the 7th, I believe. Not confirmed, but I would like to go. Okay. It's It kind of winds up being a scheduling and, and budget thing nice. or wherever, you know, if they'll, if people will comp me a table or invite me, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go anyway. I, 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 I thought maybe IDW would be there and they'd like, you know. I don't know. I haven't talked to them yet. Possible. Yeah, we're <laughs> all three of us are going to be there. So geeking out. I've wanted to do one. <laughs> Gotta do that one. But, or Awesome Con in DC. That's pretty Ooh. big now. Oh yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah, they got a they got a large artist uh, alley, I guess what it's called. But I think that's most of the show really. Yeah. It's um, very it's cool. just for artists. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've got um, another issue of Boldly Go uh, coming out next month, right, Megan? Yes. All right. Get to draw the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the, a two-parter, which is, uh, by the way, it's, it's a good jumping-in point. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a nice little self-contained story that I got to do in two issues to kind of jump in, and it was enough to to get into a rhythm in the world without having to stop as soon as I got into it. <laughs> 
like one issue could be kind of rough because then you're like, I finally nailed everybody's likeness. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah, everyone should check that out. It's a, if you haven't read, um, you know, IDW's uh, Star Trek line, it's a good chance to jump in with the number seven since it's a, a new storyline. Oh, go! You should read the yeah, whole it's, thing it's because, very good. because Borg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, Ashley's a big, a big Borg. I'm a big Borg fan. Absolutely. Same. Especially <laughs> when I found out they have a queen. <laughs> First contact was like very. It was a very big thing for me in high school. I was like, yes, there's a board queen, and she's amazing. <laughs> yes, and she was awesomely evil, just deliciously yes. evil. <laughs> yeah. They, they need to bring her back, or did she, was she killed? I don't know. They brought she, her back on Voyager, so I assume that she can, and, you know, she had some vague, uh, she had some typically vague Borg answer to to that, like, oh, you're drinking such three-dimensional right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I assume she's one of those characters they could bring back and put in any timeline. <laughs> yeah. Janeway's like, where you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janeway's like, all right, bitch. Sorry, oops. <laughs> I don't know if this is, like, a G-rated podcast. It's, but... it's, it's not. I've dropped, I've dropped some. It's... Okay. <laughs> I could have offended worse, but <laughs> not not at all. We're, we're... Uh, yeah, I'm 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 doing a rewatch. I'm well. I eventually I'm going to rewatch everything. I I did Enterprise because I didn't see it all the way through the first time, so I did yeah, that. Yeah. Then I started with TNG, so I just got through the best of both worlds, part one and two. Oh, classic. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I was I was there and i had to stop watching to wait for garen and now garen's ahead of me so but i started with i started with the original series and then went to the animated series then watched all the original movies and then moved to tng so i'm like watching in um by release date nice i was i was spoiled because they had all the original movies on on uh they had a few of them on netflix for a while and then they had them all on amazon for like two months and then they're gone. And I had one day where I was like, oh, I want to watch Wrath of Khan again. What? No. <laughs> I know. I, I hate that. Like, where is it? <laughs> I know. Yeah, Hulu does the same thing to me. Yes. <laughs> they, get you, yes. they get you started. You start watching yeah. Red Dwarf and you're almost done and you got yes. like one more season. Yes. And Netflix yeah, I... just pulled Buffy and all of my Twitter feed exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, Netflix pulled Buffy. Uh, I guess they they lost the the oh. streaming rights to it, and I guess Hulu picked it up. But yeah, oh. everyone who heard that it was leaving Netflix was like, "No!" But I have to be able to rewatch this episode on <laughs> my birthday every year. <laughs> After Ashley recommended it, I did watch the first episode, and I, I liked it. But I've just got so many so many shows yeah. I'm trying to get through. Yeah. Oh, Buffy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got so much stuff to watch, man. <laughs> I, I'm a little spoiled in that regard because I, as long as it's not something super heavily visual that I have to watch and focus on, I can stream TV shows while I'm working. So I will binge through things faster than any of my friends. Oh, wow. 
they're, you know, they're like, oh, they just put the new oranges, the new black up. And I want to see, I'm on episode two. I'm like, I'm done. Do I, know, <laughs> I won't tell you what happens, but I'm done already. <laughs> so you're, so you're I got a deadline. <laughs> so you're the binge watcher then. Yes, yes. That's why the, the Star Trek rewatches were great because it was 20, 22 episode seasons that lasted me a nice long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, that's... Uh, well you must have burned through them pretty quickly then you got if you got all the way to voyager enterprise and, even. And enterprise wow yeah. that's that's tough for me to do i need a yeah. job like that <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing wrong <laughs> all you have to do is draw really complicated things and <laughs> not make a whole lot of money for it and really love it <laughs> I, I can't draw stick figures so i'm, I'm out of luck yeah i know yeah. some very successful cartoonists who draw stick figures so <laughs> you might be fine <laughs> how long does it does it take um to, to do a typical um regular sized issue um standard timeline is usually about a month for 22 pages wow and, you know, I was lucky enough that uh, my Boldly Go issues were the only thing on my plate at the time, so I could burn through them pretty quickly and, and got them done in about three to four weeks. Wow, that's awesome. Other times, if I'm juggling more than one project and I have slightly more flexible deadlines, it will take me longer, but... Very cool. Yeah. What are you looking at I there, said, I'm just... <laughs> Flipping through uh, the boldly go. So I guess um, is is anything else uh, on the horizon for you, Megan, related to Star Trek? Or if you can't say, that's that's perfectly fine. Nothing confirmed, but uh, I would I would be back in a heartbeat. So mm -hmm. I had a really good time working with IDW. Uh, Sarah Gatos, my editor, is amazing. She took care of me so well on both waypoint and boldly go so i i can't speak highly enough of her and the whole team so while nothing is set in stone i would i would be very happy to work on another star trek project for them do you have any yeah. other titles you and would... who would you post <laughs> um, i was just gonna ask if uh she if uh, you had any other titles you'll be like working on next other than okay, star trek. I... Uh, right now, I'm working on a Buffy issue and uh -huh. uh, filling in for, on season 11. I don't. It's not been officially solicited, but uh, I think the writer Christos Gage tweeted about it and said, "Welcome back." So I think it's out there in the universe <laughs> that I'm I'm doing this again, and <laughs> it shouldn't come as that right. big of a surprise. So. <laughs> and that's that's Dark Horse, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, Ashley's found a comic book store where she, a place a bookstore she can buy comics, so she'll. I'd be picking up Buffy. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna live out in the country, so my my nearest comic book store is about a 45 minute drive. 40, that, 45. So. That sounds like where I grew up. Uh, you know, <laughs> leaving LA and moving to the suburbs of Kansas City, all of my friends in LA were like, "Oh man, you're gonna be so far from." No, no, not like where I grew up, which had one stoplight. And, you know, when, when we went to see Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, we drove 45 minutes to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. 
Yeah, yeah. That was where anything was. And that wasn't even the nice theater. That was the kind of okay one. <laughs> <laughs> the cruddy theater with the crap sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you get another uh, a Star Wars fan's opinion of the the prequels. What are your thoughts on the prequels, Megan? I think they're not as bad as people say. I, I but I I certainly think that they are. I guess the best way for me to put it is they are conceptually interesting, and I think they're they're solid canon, and they're not as well executed as they could have been. And that's probably a nice way of putting it, but. <laughs> You know, I go back and watch them, and there's these little moments of sheer brilliance. Yeah. That you know, then you got to slog through yeah. Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen having zero chemistry. That's uh, the only negative chemistry. It's in the negative integers. <laughs> and it, well, which uh, was it? The Clone Wars? Yeah, the Clone Wars. Uh, he was. He just became a creeper. Oh, yeah it's like when he's when he's like just caressing her yeah no but he's that guy at conventions who hangs around your table a little too long like anakin <laughs> is a classic creeper he's not he's not the dark mysterious magnetic kind of personality he's just straight up no <laughs> there are bodies hidden somewhere you you swipe you swipe left you <laughs> <laughs> You make sure your friends know which coffee shop you're going to, and you don't give them your number. <laughs> I mean, this guy named Anakin. Yeah. I'll, 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 send, I'll send you the code if I need help. Yeah. I'll take a picture of him so you know what he looks like, and you can send it to the cops in case I go missing. <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's really on about sand. He's got a problem with kind sand. Of, kind of emo. Where's all dark colors <laughs> yeah. going on about his i don't know his big brother mentor who's not fair to him i don't know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh boy yeah I, I i think that's a good assessment i, yeah. I really like revenge of the sith like i, I yeah i, I, I think it has some, yeah it has some really good moments and i feel kind of bad for 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 Hayden Christensen, and because I I feel like yeah they didn't maybe it was a casting problem they didn't I think it was directing I mean I feel like because because yeah. you watch Natalie Portman in anything else and she's a stellar actress but you kind of had this magic with Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher of being able to work with the terrible dialogue from the first movie yeah. and just roll with it yeah. Like they, they they were like whatever, and they kind of just had fun with it and chewed the scenery and did what they wanted to, and they looked like they were having a good time. And in the prequels, you see Ewan McGregor doing just that, and Ian McDermott, who plays the Emperor, having a great time and just rolling with the really bad direction and the bad script. And I think some of the other actors just couldn't couldn't play it that way. They couldn't just say, "All right, well, this is corny, but we're gonna ham it up and just." <laughs> go for uh, yeah. it <laughs> it's interesting because i was watching some of the interviews from um this you know uh the star wars celebration and they had they had george lucas there and he was going through the casting process for the initial you know the first star wars movie yeah and he said look you know they went through hundreds and hundreds of of actors for those roles and 
they didn't necessarily like say, oh, okay, let's pick the best one for Princess Leia and the best one for Han Solo. They they found the best ones that actually had chemistry together and they went right. with group, basically. So if they had two really good actors and the third one wasn't gelling, they might have they they could have thrown away that whole group until they found the three that worked together. So it's like, well, didn't they do that for the prequels? It's just it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, for for the prequels though, they had the I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because that may be the problem right there because for the first episode, two of the main players weren't going to be in the other two. So, you know, Anakin was going to be a different actor and Liam Neeson wasn't going to be in it. So, you know, if you're working off of how your core group gels together, which, Mm -hmm. you know. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, because you're thinking, okay, well, how does this group work together? All right, well, Anakin's going to be someone completely different, but Padme will be the same, so we can't lose her. (laughs) But, yeah. What did you think of The Force Awakens? I loved it. I think I think criticisms that it's a rehash of A New Hope have some basis, but I was just so genuinely entertained that it, it's a fun Star Wars movie. I liked all the leads. The characters are fun. I enjoyed it. It was a very JJ movie. <laughs> so I'm kind of interested to see someone else direct in this in this world because you know, watching the uh, the new Star Trek films and The Force Awakens, you're like, yeah, there's JJ all over it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's and all over it. And the, and the pacing was very JJ. The characters were very JJ. The, the loose sketching of the world was very JJ. Whereas, you know, in the first three Star Wars movies, you had very serious British men sitting around discussing the politics of the, the world and all that world building. <clears throat> and then JJ is like, and the resistance, and these are the bad guys, and they're fighting, and that's it. That's all we get you. <laughs> Evil, good, that's all you need to know. It's like, well, what happened in 30 years? We're kind of curious. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's Light what table. the novels are for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they left that for us comic artists to play with in yes. our in our time. So. That's right. right. So I can't yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I had a blast. I did, I did. I did enjoy Rogue One better than I did uh, Force Awakens. So, Rogue One was. I I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it more, but I think it was better crafted. That's fair. Yeah. I think I got I got out of both of them what I wanted, but Rogue One was just it blew me away, and it was also fun to see that they're that they're able now to do the, all these different stories in the Star Wars universe. Like, that concept of the standalone films that they're going to be doing is exciting to me. I, I, I like that, too. Not to mention we get a Star Wars movie every year. That's true. Yeah. For me, it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's another Star Wars. They're going to get tired. I'm like, not me. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. I have wanted a Star Wars movie every year since I was four. So this is there's nothing wrong with this. As <laughs> long like, as they're good. It's like yeah. I can't I can't die anytime soon because there's Star Trek or Star Wars <laughs> movies to like at least twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming as long as the stories are good. Yeah. Why not? I mean, or the mayor. Don't, don't really need to see a a, a Django Fett standalone, but. <laughs> no. 
Actually, no, that might, that might be cool. <laughs> I take it back. Maybe not Just... Django, Boba. Boba Fett. That's true. Like I, yeah. I was I, a I would... Star Wars fan first before Star Trek, but it's that it's the reason why I became a Star Trek fan in some ways because I had Star Wars, and then after Jedi, basically nothing. Yeah. So then that's when I went and found Star Trek. So they're entirely different properties. Um, I I love them both. So. Yeah, I, I think Star Wars appeals to my sense of escapism and adventure and star trek appeals to my <laughs> my often naive optimism of the human race like i want to believe we're gonna get better and we're gonna be okay and we're gonna be yeah. like that <laughs> exactly there's a little bit of hope right yeah only after world war three just <laughs> That's right. We, I've oh, been making true. that joke since November. <laughs> yes. I've been like, we needed to have Khan Noonien Singh first, and then we need to have the eugenics wars or something, you know, in a World War Three. but we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not to get political, but it seems like we're getting closer every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, just not until Star Wars comes out, <laughs> please. <laughs> and then yeah. the next one, and then the next one. <laughs> Now, now here's what I'm thinking. Since these these movies are so wildly successful, and they're doing the you know the main, I guess they call it the Star uh, the Skywalker saga. Now, I mean they're gonna and every two years, you know, they're gonna be done with this trilogy in a couple of years. Then what? They do another mainline um, trilogy. Maybe. Like, just keep going. Or if Ray's not if Ray's not a Skywalker, they can spin off with her. Yeah. Or they could, do not... a, they could do a prequel of the prequels. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm... standalone Jar Jar origin story. <laughs> I, I would love I would love to see Ewan McGregor come back for an Obi Wan trilogy of what he was doing during the the time he went to exile to a new hope because we know he wasn't on Tatooine the entire time just watching over Luke. Oh, actually, I, I, assume, I assume, do any of you watch uh, Rebels, the animated show or Clone Wars? I, I, I watched the first season. I've, I did have the other, the newer seasons on my DVR, but I had to make space. So I had to delete them, but I, yeah. I can I can get to them through the Disney XD app. Yeah, no, I it, I always bring them up because Clone Wars the series makes the prequels better movies because it fills that it fleshes out some things that are kind of glossed over. Yeah. And interestingly, a recent episode of Rebels actually showed Obi Wan on Tatooine like before Episode Four, oh, which okay. was pretty. I mean, it was short. You know, it's a twenty minute kids cartoon, but it was pretty badass <laughs> i think, uh, I think I, i've gone through up to season two of rebels i'm i'm i think i'm a couple seasons behind yeah. uh but but marvel's star wars series they, they, there's a lot of kenobi um and tatooine as well so they you know they, they follow you know the main characters um but but every i don't know maybe every five six seven issues they they do a um a flashback to Obi-Wan on Tatooine. 
Um, so they cover a lot of ground with that. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I read today that they have uh, the Ewan. I know they've batted around the idea of uh, an Obi Wan standalone, and today uh, someone posted a news article from Entertainment Weekly. I think that Ewan McGregor would be on board to do that, and I'm like, yes, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> like you will have all of my money. <laughs> I'll go see all of it. <laughs> and he's the. I mean, he's the right age right now, so it's like yeah. no yeah. makeup required. <laughs> And he's so, he's so great in that role. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd love to have him back. I'm looking forward to the Han Solo standalone as well. I, I wasn't too... I, I was lukewarm on it. Pun unintended. But... Uh, <laughs> and then they cast Donald Glover as young Lando. And, and I got really excited. I think he's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought... Uh, I, I like that photo of him and uh, Billy D. Williams sitting in a booth at a yeah. restaurant together. I said, "Oh, that's good. They're uh, <laughs> they're t they're talking. They're gonna, you know." Yeah. <laughs> Billy D.'s gonna give him some insight on the character. Yeah. Yeah, that was always one of my favorite uh, my favorite things from the behind the scenes of the new Star Trek films was the original actors talking with the younger versions of themselves. Yeah. Like, Michelle Nichols talking with Zoe Saldana and mm -hmm. Nimoy and Quinto talking about Spock. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I think they did a fantastic casting job for those movies. Absolutely. Chris, Chris Pine and uh, all of them, actually. Just yeah, I think fantastic casting. Yeah, I. I just think they they again they have really great chemistry together as a crew and. You know, they're really yes. faithful. They have their own interpretations of the characters without being too different or diverging too much for diehard fans. Right. Yeah. I, like, I like how they, like, every once in a while they'll, like, try to imitate, like, little man mannerisms. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, Chris Pine <laughs> sitting in the chair. Obviously, Carl Urban. His... Yeah. Oh, yeah. McCoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's, yeah. I guess the, the Star Trek four is still kind of up in the air. Um, yeah. yeah. Have, have you guys heard any, is there any news or I, I would love there to be another one, but I'm still really heartbroken over Anton Yelchin. Well, I mean, it seemed like th that they were bringing back, um, Oh, Kirk's dad, Thor. I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. That he, he was. I thought he, 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 the, the script they had ready was like for him to be in it. Yeah. So and and Chris Pine said he, in an interview that he would he would play Kirk for as long as they'll let him. <laughs> so. Oh, he, he's got it. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got it. All of them. I, I mean, I just can't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do though about about Anton and yeah, because he was such a great checkoff. Oh yeah, I mean well, was, he was so great. Oh, it was, it was another one of the things I loved about you know the new films is just all of the characters were so well cast and and yes. and they did do a great job yeah. with the casting. They they did He's say so that good. they did say they will not recast Chekhov. So I don't know if they're gonna say he moved like, on or yeah. That was devastating. That was just really. 
But I think I need. But, I definitely think if there is a four, I think like what wherever he went, I think it should be addressed. Yeah, um, they'll probably just say he was reassigned to the Reliant. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah, just thinking. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then because we'll Captain Terrell is in our boldly ghost story. Yes. So. yes. yes. <laughs> I, I love Captain Terrell. I hope. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they get a, if they bring Captain Terrell into. I hopefully they get a actor that looks like the comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Captain Terrell is like the unsung hero of Starfleet and Star Trek to me. I mean, yeah. that guy I mean, he disintegrated himself to keep, you know, from yeah, following Khan's orders, uh, but um yeah, I, I was really happy to see that that uh Captain Terrell was brought back um in the comic Actually, they yeah. should they should have saved uh, Idris Elba. I think that's how you pronounce his name for yeah. Captain Terrell, <laughs> I, because he yeah. was in the makeup so much for Star Trek Beyond. You really couldn't tell who he was until like the last what ten minutes. <laughs> I know they. I it was one of my few gripes about that movie was that I feel like they kind of wasted Idris Elba. Like you've got him, and I don't even know if it was the makeup just. Crawl wasn't that exciting of a character for me. <laughs> I, I I agree. That was my biggest problem with Star Trek Beyond. I didn't I didn't feel like his character was fleshed out. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't understand his motivation. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, was, it was very surface level, and they kind of just said, "Oh, well, you know, Starfleet now isn't what he he remembers it, so he's out to get it." And I'm like, Ooh, "Okay, yeah. sure." So he wants to destroy yeah. the entire Federation now. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's been hanging out on a planet and he found the <laughs> I don't know, glow stick of destiny or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the and the Enterprise just happened to have the piece to make it work. Yeah. 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 They should have done more with him. Yeah. Should have done a lot more. Oh well, if they're following this trend, if they do a four, the villain will be if they're going through Megan's British actors. Like top list of British actors, the next one will be Tom Hiddleston. So hopefully they'll make good use of him. Yes. <laughs> there was Cumberbatch, Elba, and Hiddleston's oh, yeah. next. <laughs> yes. Who who is another major villain from the original series that Tom could play? <laughs> uh oh. There's uh, Trelane from the Squire of Gothos. <laughs> Kind of Loki-ish. <laughs> oh wow! All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to hit on, uh, John, and our our schedule here? Um, not. I mean, unless you want to hit up on any uh, Quirks Bazaar stuff that's recent purchases, but. My recent purchase was uh, Star Trek Bully Go number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Same here. Uh, now, when's number eight coming out, Megan? Um, I don't have the exact date, but it'll probably be mid-May. So okay. probably, you know, whatever in the middle of May, that Wednesday. Okay. And All it's right. awesome. <laughs> oh, it, oh, okay. You, you... You're, you're teasing us now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's some there's some mind melding and 
a little bit of digs a little deeper into the whodunit and all right yeah <laughs> nice we know who did it it was cadet sheev <laughs> sure sure <laughs> yeah, blame me dorian <laughs> oh spoilers <laughs> you've had a week to read it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, exactly and it's like law and order whoever they arrest first it's never the guy <laughs> that's right csi starfleet yes <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> good idea you did a great job with the Andorians, by the way. I always like the Andorians. I, I'm yeah. a big fan of them as well, so thank you. <laughs> oh yes, that the the the, uh, the Andorian ambassador was such a a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my editor actually referred to him in the notes once as jerk dad. <laughs> so, you know. He, no one, no one over on our team is a big fan of his. <laughs> now I'm going to see that every time I see him, I'll just think yeah. jerk dad. Yeah. Oh, jerk dad. <laughs> Someone described the droid on Rebels as Dick Droid to me once, and now I can't even remember his real name because I see him and I just think Dick Droid. Oh boy. Uh, the only the only other thing I'll put this out for people interested is on Amazon. They currently have Star Trek's uh, Stellar Cartography, um, which is like a bound issue that comes with ten uh, ten cartography maps. A book written by Larry Nemechek. It came out in 2013, and it was originally listed for seventy nine ninety nine, but right now on Amazon it is seventeen dollars and fourteen cents. Yo, that's uh, a win. Yes. Yep. That's a, <laughs> that's a win. It's it's almost worth to get two just so you can like frame some of the some of the maps. <laughs> they look so amazing. That's what I was thinking. I've got a lot of wall space in my brand new apartment, and it needs to get geeked out. <laughs> oh yeah, you you these would look great on a, any wall. <laughs> And they're they're uh, they're it comes with ten and they're uh, two by two feet by three feet. So, ooh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> so that, that reminds me. The other actually, there was something else, John. So um, actually, back in March, um, WizKids announced um, that they were going to release a Star Trek miniature line, Starship miniature line, unpainted models. Mm -hmm. um, and they are going to um, be size for uh, Star Trek Attack Wing. So there you go. When you get your paints, John. Yes. Well, I, I, I still have Picard and Kirk to paint along with my TARDIS. So. <laughs> I'm going to expect you to come to, to the D&D tabletop game with a painted figure of your character. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, if we're, since you brought up D and D, I, I was looking on Miniature Marketplace, and D and D now has a, a line of unpainted figures. I, I have some. I picked them up at the gaming store. Okay. They are, and they're awesome. Are like those the are, are, are those the kobolds you painted? No, those those are from uh, Reaper Miniatures. Oh, they're yeah. the. 
Reaper bones. They're the cheaper. Okay. They're not metal. Okay. Um, but I picked up the ones you're talking about are plastic, but yeah. very, very highly detailed. Yeah. So I, I'll, I, I'll probably pick one of those up to paint once I figure out what what character I want to play. Yes. Do you do you play role playing games, Megan? Uh, I dabbled a little bit when I was younger. Uh, I haven't found when I was in LA. I didn't find any groups and. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm brand new here to Kansas City. Uh, I remember a few D and D sessions from college. I was a a an alcoholic halfling. Uh, <laughs> so you're a and halfling. Brother, yeah. <laughs> and my uh, my brother and I played Warhammer war games when I was in high school. So we got a lot of sibling rivalry out that way. He was the dark elves. I was the high elves. And. <laughs> it was very appropriate. Now you could actually get through a game without like arguing about the rules and you know who. No, that, that all the aggression went into the game. Okay. <laughs> very good. All right. <laughs> Will you do it? Well, uh, I'll throw this out. Uh, we every once in a while, um, Garen uh, GMs a Star Trek role playing game that we play on a. Um, website called roll 20 which has audio video capability Ooh! and uh so yeah we've we, we've got quite a decent crew so if you're ever interested in picking up I, some I might, star trek role-playing game you, you... i might be down for that <laughs> what era is it set in <laughs> uh the um the movie era uh the original cast movie era Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So we, we play um, actually. Uh, so there's a there's a role playing game, uh, Star Trek role playing game that came out in the 80s, in the early days of RPGs. So we you know we actually I, I dusted that off and we started playing that. Um, but there's a new, um, an, a, another company now has the license uh, for for that. It's uh, the company's called Modifius. And they're releasing their game uh, at the summer, uh, and we've actually been playtesting that. So they they they're doing a large uh, they call it a living playtest for that that we've been doing also. So, um, and it's really fun. I, I have all the Star Wars role playing games books as well, which I have not used enough. <laughs> that's that's the um, uh, fantasy. Oh. Fantasy Flight, Flight yeah, Fantasy, Fantasy Flight yeah. is a publisher, yeah. Yeah, the one I, the one I got you into, and we only like played one game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't. You jammed one game, and then you bailed on us. I man. did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did buy. I did buy a new um, Dungeons and Dragons campaign module, uh, Murders at Boulder Gate. So okay. maybe. Maybe, I'm all for Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll even get Ashley to, to GM a game for us. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't even know what level elf I am, okay? Oh, wait. I'm a gnome. <laughs> yeah, you're a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep that straight. GMing is a long way off. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll let you know. But next time we start our next game, we'll reach out if you want to join us. We Definitely, definitely. It's uh, fun. That was the Star Trek was my first RPG, and it was a blast. That's right. Yeah. 
So, okay. Well, I guess uh, we should bring things to a close here. Okay. Uh, uh, Megan, we want to, again, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Really Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> it's been great chatting with you. Absolutely. It was talking awesome talking Anything else you want to plug, put out there, um, ways to contact you, anything like that? Uh, best best place to follow me is on Twitter, at uh, SadMeganGirls. It's an inside joke, but uh, I'm always posting sketches of what I'm working on and convention updates and whatever, and sort of live commentary for whatever I happen to be binge watching, which can either be really boring or really funny. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right um well that wraps it up for episode seven of truck talk and uh we'll see you next time in about two weeks see ya talk to you later see ya